It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast episode 69, Home Comforts. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm joined as always by Jack Davies. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks, mate. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not been a bad week for Chelsea. Uh, you know, halfway through, I guess, in the Carabao Cup semi-final and uh, progress to the fourth round of the FA Cup, so can't really complain. Uh, we're joined on the pod by Dane Whittle. Dane joined us earlier on the season and he's back again for the second time this season. Dane, how are we doing? Yeah, very well. How are you two doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Just, uh, yeah. Chelsea's been a bit more enjoyable to watch in recent weeks, so that's a, that's a bonus. Um, as I always do with guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. Now, Dane is part of the Chelsea fan cast. Uh, he appears on the show occasionally on a rotor, uh, hosted by Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. And you also is a part of uh, Winter Moking's Meadow, which he hosts with Dean and Jane. So, Dane, why don't you... Uh, Tell people where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find the fancast, where they can find Went to Mokings Meadow, etc., and listen to to those podcasts. Yeah, Chelsea Fancast is obviously at, at Chelsea Fancast on Twitter, and it's the same on Instagram. Once I joined, I got quite friendly with Dean, and uh, he obviously knew that you know I showed an interest in in, in the women's game, not 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 a, a major interest. It was just more the uh, the US, you know, the women's national team, Chelsea, and more of the big clubs. But and he said, "Well, come on board. You know, we could we, we could do with an extra bit of help." And he obviously thought I knew a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So it, it was an honour to come on there. And you know, I'm learning more myself. So that is uh, obviously with Dean and Jane that went to Mokings Meadow, and they're at Mokings Meadow on Twitter, and the same on Insta. And yeah, I'm just at Dwit Nine on on Twitter. I don't go on it a lot. Uh, sort of. Go on and have a look, moan and grumble at everyone being moved, even come off it for another couple of days. But yeah, I suppose everyone does it. Everyone moans about it and quotes it, but then everyone says, like, just ignore it. It's quite funny. Yeah, all those links will be in the description below. And I say, make sure you check out Chelsea Fancast. Make sure you check out Winter Mo King's Meadow. 
Right, Jack. Spurs, a Carabao Cup semi-final. It's quite a comical Wednesday night, wasn't it? It was kind of, it was just quite a weird game, really. You know, we were we were comfortable. We didn't really have to get out of second gear. We were two 0 up. You know, Spurs. You know, put it. You know, put it all on themselves, making basic errors. They looked pretty awful. But without really, you know, looking amazing, getting out of second gear, we kind of almost have got the job done in that first leg. Not quite, you know, one goal in the second leg, base score early in the second leg makes it a bit nervy. But that was that was a pretty good, pretty good start to, to the tie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really good. Nice early goal to get us started. And then from then we didn't really look back. I don't Spurs were pretty awful, to be honest. We didn't have to do anything special at all to win that game. Um it was just one of those I kind of came away at the end. It was a good performance, good result, but you just felt like we could have completely killed the tie-off uh, and we could have probably scored four or five, to be honest. Um, so it's just one of those, like you said, if they score early, it could get a bit nervy. Um, based on Tuchel's reign over the over the past 12 months, you'd like to think that that is the tie done and they're not going to score three goals without a response from us. Um but you, but you never know, do you? So I'm still confident we should go through. That should be should be job done and should be a final at Wembley. Yeah, uh, Dane, I guess, you know, Chelsea weren't at full strength, obviously, you know, hit by the news that Thiago Silva and N'Golo Kante had tested positive for COVID. But I guess, you know, wouldn't really necessarily have noticed how depleted maybe Chelsea were, given it was, you know, Matt Lang was featuring in, in the back four, you know, Sal got, got a start in, got in, in midfield. Um, you know, it was Chelsea made a pretty full strength or close to full strength Spurs side that pretty ordinary. And I guess that's a testament to how Tuchel has just got this whole group just buying into what he wants and, you know, the confidence he's gets placed in them, you know, by, you know, trusting the likes of Sar, etc. in all the Carabao Cup games so far. Yeah, well, it's obviously taken, like, as you mentioned, like something like Sal a good while to adapt to, you know, it was just a bit of a surprise, you know, playing under like a Simeone, you thought he would have... You know, he would have been used to that dogged sort of style of play, you know, going to certain places in Spain and being that team that really grinds out results and, like, puts your foot in and, like, you know, the old dark arts and the dark masters. And he sort of struggled with 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 players doing that against him this season. But, you know, he's come on. I don't think we'll buy him, but, you know, he's, he's looked a lot better recently. But it's similar to Jack. I was quite surprised with Tottenham. I noticed that they couldn't have been that, surprised with our tactics because I know we we, we we it looked like we was at a four at a back but then transitioned into a five without without the ball and obviously Ziek was playing like a sort of mucked up right wing back right back sort of right winger sort of role wasn't he and the time just looks so ordinary I just don't know what they were what they were hoping to get out of the game were they were they hoping to maybe counter-attack us with you know with, with, with Son and uh Mora and Kane, like obviously, just coming deep. It was a weird performance by them, but like you said, you know, Tuchel is such an intelligent manager. You know, so impressive. I don't know where the doubts were coming from. You know, about a month ago, uh, I think it's it's expected with with Chelsea managers, but with him, I think he deserves he deserves a, he deserves that you know that the, the guessing. You know, why, why do people try and second guess him? Why do people try and Guess the you know the uh, the board you know the chairman. But I bet I bet absolutely uh, delighted with him uh, and everything he's done so far. So why he's being judged and questioned so early on in in his, so early on in his Chelsea career. But yeah, 
with him managing them and coaching them, I think you know people like Sark can come in, and he done such a good job on Kane as well, didn't he? You know, we had Kane quite in his pocket. If, we, if, we, if we're going to take the the Mick out, of Kane, uh, he's quite impressive considering he doesn't seem that tall. So he's got a bit of a leap on him. You know, he's got a bit of a tackle. Some points in that Tottenham game, I thought he, he thought he was the second coming of Rude Hullet, the way he was trying to spray it around. But apart from that, yeah, I was quite impressed with him and the whole team in general. Yeah, no, exactly. That was a really impressive performance. Obviously, the first goal happens due to Tanganga giving the ball away. Alonso pounces on it, plays in Kai, who shot then gets turned into the net by Sanchez. And the second goal is just comical. ZH whips in the ball, Tanganga clears it, and he clears it against Ben Davis, and it's 2-0. And yeah, just like that, we're in pretty much cruise control. Uh, Spurs make half-time change. Doherty comes off for and Dombele. I think it gives them a bit more control. They look a bit better going forward, but still don't look great. We probably, you know, eased off a little bit second half. But even then, Jack, you know, there were chances to kill that game off. And Hakim Ziyech, like, you know, that if ever you want to, I guess, a game that kind of encompasses, like, the feeling towards Hakim Ziyech, that was it. Because he plays a sublime ball for Timo Werner, you know, which he can't quite finish. But then he also misses two absolute guilt edge chances. And that shooting, again, I kind of refer to him. We saw it again yesterday. It's a bit powder puff. He always like, you know, you see him opening up. It's so predictable and he always hits it straight of a keeper. But, you know, he got, I think he got Sky's man of the match. Hakim Ziyech, you know, that was a good performance, albeit, you know, he still left us wanting a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the pass for for uh, Timo was was sublime and that's what that's what he's all about, isn't it? Playing playing those, uh, like those risk-taking passes. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care if if his uh, passing accuracy percentage is is not clo- not the closest to a hundred, he wants to try and create those chances that win games, and that could have been one. Unfortunately, I know people. Some people said from different angles they were in the ground that he should have scored from where we were. It looked like a good save, but yeah, it was just disappointing that all those chances in the second half. Rom had a few as well. I think uh, one was probably more of a half chance on the volley, but then he had another one late on that probably could have done better with so it it was a great performance it was just one of those that I said like I said earlier was just a bit frustrating because we really could have fully got the tie done and and uh given players like Sarah etc another game against them next week because uh from what I've seen Silver testing negative again I fully expect him to come back and if Kante's fit he'll probably play as well um I think that's probably the best shout going into that second leg start strong and like yesterday, try and get the job done early, and then and then bring people people off and give the other boys some some game time. Yeah, Dane, I know we sort of talked about Sal a bit at the start, and I thought against Spurs he was brilliant. I think it probably did help that Spurs didn't really put any pressure on him. He was allowed to just you know kind of a lot of time on the ball was able to run with it, spread around a bit. But I guess whether you wanted you know a sign of Sal's Sal's confidence is when he tried to uh, you know recreate Gianfranco's uh, heel sort of flick goal against Zola uh, against Norwich in the FA Cup. You know he was he was. That was probably his best performance in a Chelsea shirt, wasn't it? Yeah, well, as I'd said about five minutes ago, you know, under a Simeone manager, I'd like, you know, if I, when I used to play, I'd like a, a sort of manager, you know, ones that shout and like really like put you on your toes, you know, they, they, they give me the most confidence. And you'd think he would be like a confidence player. Once again, you know, I don't know what Tottenham were thinking. They sort of sat off us in the first half. Second half, when they came at us more, I think it was very smart by Tuchel. I think he knew they was going to come at us, so spaces would open up. And as you mentioned, we had quite a few chances to put the game to bed, uh, especially Ziek. And and as you said, Sal, yeah, he's he's got a bit of a Jorginho about him with, with maybe more legs, you know, with more pace. Uh, 
maybe a little bit more of an attacking threat. It's hard to, it's hard to see now because he does obviously when he plays for us, he's in that too with a little bit more freedom. But he, you know, he's he, he can only he can only try and press against who 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 he's playing against. And 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 obviously, even even the game yesterday, you know, he looked okay. He looked quite good. Uh, yeah, again, Conor Gallagher coming back, I can only presume that they won't be taking up a thirty million pound option, but. You know, if, if he's grown in confidence and he's, he's being given games, he might, you know, I, I think it was, it was only a couple of years ago, you know, Athletic Madrid was so impressive with him. They gave him a £90 million, you know, buyout clause. So, you know, at one point, he was one of the best midfielders and one of the highly rated midfielders in, in European football. Uh, if I'm sniffing around him, probably about three or four years ago. So, you know, if he can get back to those levels, he could actually give Tuchel and the board something to think about. Yep, and I guess he now feels like he is an actual option that Thomas Tuchel trusts. You know, we've seen him did start against Wolves in Premier League. He started, you know, against Brentford and Carabao Cup. He's, he's, Brentford. He's, yeah, he's clearly got, you know, I guess a role he can fulfil in this team, you know, especially in the Cups going forward. He'll be a useful player for someone for Tuchel to trust. And it just gives us a bit more confidence in, in rotating and resting the likes of Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic, etc. But yeah, that was the first leg. I say Spurs were were really poor. Conte, you know, was pretty quiet on the touchline. Not really, you know, the animated Conte we've been used to seeing at Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, Spurs, Spurs were pretty ordinary. And I guess you know we've been boosted by that. But I think uh, Conte has ruled out Hungmin Son from the second leg. He said he's, I think, basically out for the rest of the month. So that's a big bonus for us. But yeah, it was two nil. Uh, it was comfortable. Um, I guess Dane. I know we'll see. It was the first game back for Romelu Lukaku since. You know his famous interview and and then apology and then whatever people think about the apology is up to them. You know it's I didn't really care about it at the time. I kind of just was ready to move on. But what did you kind of make of, of Rom's performance? Because again, I thought you know some good moments, but also almost felt at times he was trying a bit too hard. And then also you know said Jack mentioned chance. I feel there's that header in the first half that really he probably should have put away for three 0 But how did you kind of assess Rom's performance against Spurs? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, I've been watching football too long to worry about, uh, you know, what people say. I thought it was a little bit disrespectful. I thought he was just trying too much to make it up to Inter and got carried away. And maybe a bit like, you know, when you see the, you know, going on to ITV show, like, you know, the Jungle show, when they just forget that people like, you know, everyone's watching them and they'll, they'll, they'll let out some, some, some stupid chat or some talking. I just think he got too carried away and too comfortable and just absolutely you know forgot what he, what he what he was talking about because it just seemed so strange after four months uh yeah i think he did try too hard i was uh you know sitting next to the person next to me i was sort of saying he looks like the united lukaku you know sometimes it looks like he was running in, in quicksand he was he was struggling a bit but he is you know you know he's human after all he hopefully he's realized he's made a mistake and he is you know you're going to try and impress you know you're going to try and the only any way can shut people up what is by scoring goals you know I thought it was a bit rich of him in about 70th minute I think he looked at the Matthew Island lower and started like waving his arms up going come and let come and get up get up you know let's hear you and I thought you know it's a bit, it's a bit cheeky uh how he got away with that but yeah I would I I think I'm sure it was Jody Morris said years ago just on average, just say we've got 100 people in, in the club, you know, backroom staff, coaches, players, youth players, you only have about six of them who actually support, you know, would have supported Chelsea. So the, the, other, sem, uh, the other 94 would, would have affections towards the club, but they won't have that, that proper feeling. Uh, so 
I'm not going to worry about someone having feelings for another club. You know what I mean? We all know Mason's a big Pompey fan, but you're going to try and tell me he doesn't love Chelsea? You know, Lukaku's going to have feelings for Inter. We know he had feelings for us. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, we can all look back at that video, can't we, when he was like a kid coming at 14 or something on a, on a school trip from Belgium. And you see it love then, you know, I wasn't fake, but... I think he just got too carried away. You know, he loved his time in Italy and he was just speaking from the heart and he just completely disregarded the thoughts of, of, of us Chelsea fans and, and the manager and everyone else. Yeah, no, exactly. It was, yeah, I think we've just moved on and I think Tuchel's moved on and the club moved on, which is just the correct thing to do. He's our 100 million man, 100 million pound man. He will be a crucial part to what goes on for the rest of our season. Yeah, we just got to get him back on it. Uh, Jack, I just final thoughts on Spurs. Kepa, you know, is the first of his games, I guess, you know, without Edouard Mendy. Uh, he's been our cup keeper. Again, you know, didn't have a huge amount to do, but what, what he did do, you know, what he was required to do, he did well, a clean sheet, you know, a good save from a cane free kick in the in the um in the second half, you know, I think helped, you know, made an important save late on to keep it at 2-0 as well. So, you know, just encouraging signs from Kepper. Yeah, on the whole, on the whole, good. I think the first thing he had to do, the ball got put in the put in the box from a corner and, and he kind of spilled it and dropped it. So I thought, oh, great, here we go. But uh, other than that, obviously didn't have really anything to do. Good save from the free kick and good save late on. So, I mean, he'll be he'll be happy with another clean sheet, uh, boost the confidence more for him. And yeah, it's just a really important few weeks for us with Mendy away. So it's important for us that he uh, he keeps the form up and if he can keep keeping clean sheets, then we're going to go and win games at the end of the day. So, yeah, encouraging. Yeah, no, exactly. It was good. And I say, Kai Havertz, you know, with another big goal and a big game for Chelsea, you know, a frustrating player, no doubt, a player we want more from, but that's goal in the Champions League final for us, goal in the Carabao Cup semi-final goal against Liverpool early in the season. He does tend to score some important goals for us and it was nice to see him on the score sheet, albeit go off with a slightly, you know, with a finger injury, but he's back. He finally came on yesterday against Chesterfield and he'll be good to go for the second leg at Spurs. But we move on to the FA Cup. Now, Dane, I'm not sure about you, but the FA Cup is always, the third round especially, is always one of my favourite weeks of the season. You know, where, albeit even if it's not a glamorous tie, it's the start of one of the most traditional, well, the oldest, you know, competition going. It's a competition that Chelsea always takes seriously. It's a competition that, you know, means a lot to us Chelsea fans. Um, and against Chesterfield, you know, we paid them respect. We put a strong team out there. Just quick thoughts, you know, 5-1, you know, was that team maybe slightly stronger than you would have gone with? But I guess, you know, we were able to get most of the big guns off, you know, pretty early and wrapped up in Cotton Wool for, for, for Wednesday. Yes, firstly, it's, it's, it's good, Nick, to hear, you know, we love the FA Cup because, again, relating on about Twitter, I don't know what, whether there's like a rumour it's not that much respected or, or loved anymore and it's more of a, uh, you know, for my generation and more, you know, because obviously you had that dream, you know, when we weren't that good, you had that dream of getting... To an FA Cup final, obviously we did, we didn't have a, we didn't obviously see it for sort of, for quite long years, but you'd still have that the adulation and the love for the FA Cup. There's some about it. so it's good to see you know you hold it in so high. Uh, yeah, the team is ugh, yeah, it's one of those situations where you can't win can he either way. You know, he, he puts out a weaker team. Uh, I thought he was right with Cover. I thought because Cover was so good in recent weeks. You know, just keep that kettle boiling. Really good to take him off after 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, Sal. You, again with Sal. I don't. I, I don't know if he's maybe just above Ruben at the moment. I think there might be just level. I think you know Ruben come on a couple of times recently, and Sal's just left on the bench. So 
you think they'll probably find it out to 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 overtake each other. But I thought Sal that's that's correct. Ninety minutes, yeah, I could have maybe done with another one or two free youngsters. But I suppose Tuchel's thinking, well, like recently when we had COVID cases and injuries, I might have to rely on a Barkley. I might have to rely on a you know a Saul or or, or whoever else. So I can't just leave them on the bench or you know or at the same time put them in the shop window. Uh, it, you know, I used to so much so respect Carlo back in the day uh, because when we was away like a three or four nil, when he had youngsters on the bench, he would bring them on. That must have been like the the, the unwritten rule uh, behind closed doors. You know, if we're three or four nil up, I've got youngsters on the bench, they're coming on, so don't expect to come on if you're a senior player. Frank started obviously to do it as well. Uh, but yeah, obviously, by all accounts, you know, uh, Charlie Webster's quite a good little player, so it would have been nice seeing him and you, you would have fought with five subs and at the time, you know, a four, five, no up, you would have thought we might have a chance. But, you know, we got to see, obviously, Lewis Hall, who, who was very impressive. So we, you know, it's so easy to grumble, isn't it? But at the same time, appreciate, you know, who, who was mentioning Lewis Hall at the beginning of the season or, you know, months ago or even weeks ago. So be grateful for that. Yeah, no, Zali. Uh, Jack, I mean, obviously a, a better early debut as well. We'll get onto that a bit later. But... Uh... Jack Lewis Hall, I think, was the standout. He was kind of a, the name on everyone's lips at full time. He was a name everyone was talking about. That was, you know, you know, we've got to play into the context of it's a National League side. It's his first game of professional football. But he certainly showed he belonged on that pitch and he wasn't overall by the occasion, did he? Didn't he? 100%. I mean, the kid's 17, just turned 17. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and you say... It's a national league side. I agree. Obviously, it's not it's not the same quality as playing a Premier League or Championship team. But those boys that play in the national league are big lads, grown men, putting strong tackles, physical, and he looked absolutely at calm out there. Um, in that respect, calm on the ball, um, taking people on going forward at points, kind of like Rudiger sometimes tries to do, getting up getting up the pitch. Involved in a lot of the goals, got an assist for Rom. And what people probably don't even know that maybe don't watch the academy very much is that that kid is not a left wing back or a left centre back. He plays centre mid. So to come on in your senior debut and put on a performance like that is at that age is honestly unbelievable. Um, for me, having seen a lot of the boys from the academy come through that system uh, and maybe go elsewhere, go on loan and stuff. Honestly, that that was really special for him and his family. He, he should be so proud. His family will be so proud. And um, yeah, I think he's, I know it's Chesterfield, but he's potentially shown to Tuchel there that maybe we don't need, we don't need to go and get, go and get some reinforcements. Potentially he can do a job in, in the other FA Cup fixtures going forward. Uh, maybe not quite ready for the Premier League, but he's going to be knocking on the door after a performance like that. Yeah, no, it was very encouraging. He said he'd get the assist for Rom's goal. And as I mentioned, it was a strong team. We started with the fact that we had, you know, Romelu Lukaku starting, Timo Werner starting, uh, Hakim Ziyech starting, and Christian Pulisic starting. You know, obviously we did, you know, take the lead. Timo scored, tapping, you know, pretty simple. Uh you know, we we don't really need to go through the goals. People kind of see see what happened, but yeah, we, it was fairly fairly comfortable. Callum scored a really nice goal. Um, you know, good shot from distance. 
Uh, Rom said missed missed some good chances, but then was able to get his, get one. Um, yeah, Christensen just got like a header. It was if anyone you know it just seemed to just be slowest goal ever, but it was you know he channeled his his Branislav Ivanovic in Amsterdam against Benfica with that header, just a slow looping one into into the top corner. Obviously not quite the the same dramatic uh, circumstances as that one. And then yeah, the fifth goal was a penalty. Pulisic one uh, Ziyech converted, and Dane obviously it's one of those games where. You know, we got the job done. That's what it was all about. It's kind of hard to really take a huge amount away from a game like that when Chelsea are playing. So, I mean, we're still a fairly strong side, but when we're playing an opposition that we are expected to win, who we don't really face often. Um, I guess just on for you, how nice were I even just to see, you know, we saw Vale come on, get some minutes. We saw, you know, who play the full game. We saw Lewis Baker, which I think was actually just a real good feel-good story of the fact that he's been at Chelsea for, for ages. That was actually the thing, his first appearance since an FA Cup sub appearance against Derby back in uh, in 2014, so about eight years ago or whatever. He's been on countless loans, had a few you know, injury issues, etc. I guess for you, how nice of it just to see like him, you know, I guess that was just quite nice, just, you know, a nice touch from Tuchel, just to see a player who who may well be off at the end of the month, who's not, you know, have a Chelsea career, he would like, but he gets to play at Stamford Bridge, you know, kind of just gets to fulfil that dream. It's a hard one, isn't it? You know, we, we all knew, you know, the reputation Lewis Baker had years ago. I think, I don't know if he was part of that famous three that Mourinho claimed that if they're, if they're not an England team in three years, then he's failed his job. I don't know if that was supposed to be him, Izzy Brown, and was it Slanky? I don't know if Lewis Baker was part of that three, but yeah, it's a hard one. You know, I did see some grumbles, people saying, well, again, you know, what is the point in bringing Lewis Baker on? Because, you know, you could have brought a youngster on who's who, who's on a longer contract. I don't know if Lewis Baker's contract's up at the end of the year, but, so, you know, when you let sentiments get in football, but yeah, you know, at one point, as I said, he was, his reputation was so high, both-footed. I know, I know certain coaches, you know, looked into his game and could not work out what, what his foot was, you know, what his uh, natural foot was. You know, he used to score free kicks. He was so good at set pieces, corners. And, you know, you forget it's at 25, 26. And wow, you know, how the loan system hasn't worked for him and you got a feel for him and... Yeah, so having said all that, I, I, I'm, I'm glad he did come on. It, you know, it, it touched to me. Uh, but then, you know, blue-tinted glasses. Again, as I said, as he blocked a, a, you know, a possible debut for you know, for Charlie Webster. But, you know, as again, too cool, you know, can't win in these situations. Uh, you know, I, I get with, with Rom as well, you know, with all that. All that, all that crap that come out, you know, and again, struggled a bit against Tottenham, but then, you know, get him in there, get him a goal. Okay, who else do we need to score? Werner, okay, we'll get him in there, let him get a goal. Okay, then get them off. Uh, well, obviously got, got Lukaku off, get cover off, as we said. Then, you know, Havertz as well, yeah, let's get him in. Hopefully, we know we can see a bit more Pulisic, but I think, again, he, he struggled. They're not easy games, you know what I mean? Having, you know, having played football, no doubt you guys know as well, you know, we're especially as playing a striker, when you know you're playing a weaker team, you're rubbing your hands thinking, how many goals am I going to get today? Oh, you know, I want that top goal scorer trophy. And you don't, you don't always work like that, unfortunately. Uh, it's in your mind too much. You end up missing the most easiest chances that you end up scoring the following week against a tougher opponent. But yeah, we couldn't do any more. You know, it, it, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a win. It was what we needed. We got minutes, you know, uh, more le- more more minutes in the legs for cover players like that who need it. But one 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 question that did get me, especially when I saw the team. I'm not going to butcher his name, but the Dutch player Xavier. Uh, maybe you two can pronounce better than me. He was you know the next yeah. Van Dijk who's had a terrible injury. I can't understand why he's 
Since we're struggling a little bit with defenders, as we said, you know, was playing Lewis Hall in on the left of a back three. Why he wasn't considered? Why he hasn't really been considered? And he hasn't. Even, he didn't even make a bench against a non-league side, you know. But played obviously he's fit to play because he played earlier earlier that day with with uh, Jude Sunson Bell, who also wasn't you know considered. But you know, that's why Tuchel gets paid the money. He sees him. He knows what's going on, and we don't. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I guess if you want to be, you know, picky, I guess there was frustration, but Ross Barkley came on against Chesterfield and didn't have a great cameo. It was, yeah, a bit frustrating watching <laughs> Ross Barkley, and I guess it was a frustration. But, yeah, why couldn't we see a kid instead? I was a bit disappointed to see Kai come on for 45 minutes. You know, I thought he's, he's played 45 against Spurs. He looked relatively sharp. He'd pre, you know, he played against Liverpool the previous week as well. I didn't think he was necessarily lacking in fitness, and I thought, could we maybe, you know, not, play someone else there could we maybe not I know play Vale in a position that better suits him rather than playing him right wing back that's just being I think really sort of really picky but it was nice to see uh, Academy players on pitch and I think it was just nice well Marcus Bettinelli third choice keeper gets his game for Chelsea you know he's not going to play many games for Chelsea um, but you know he gets he gets his moment against Chesterfield um, but Jack I guess you know I should kind of want to first spend this I was quite happy to see Chesterfield score I was I was as, as, a, as a football fan in me as the football fan in me the game was dead it had no consequence to us. I was happy for Chesterfield and those 6,000 fans in the shed got their moment yesterday. What about you? Yeah, yeah, quietly say it. I think some people will probably be listening and uh, ripping us. But yeah, I think for maybe the last 15, 20 minutes in that game, you just thought, oh, let them, let them score again. And that was probably, <laughs> probably seeing those fans celebrate was probably one of the highlights of the day, to be honest. They... They savoured that moment and just yeah took it took it all in, and fair play to them bringing six thousand fans as a non-league team to the bridges is, is quite something. Um, and yeah, one of my one of my good mates, his brother played at Chipstead non-league, and one of the boys he played with a few years ago used to play at Chipstead in that tiny little ground, and then yesterday starting for Chesterfield at the bridge in front of forty-two thousand people. So. It, yeah, it, it's just nuts. The football world sometimes things can just click for you, and you get that lucky break. And yeah, but I just think yeah, fair play to those boys um, from Chesterfield. Just yeah, took the whole moment, enjoyed it, and good luck for them for the rest of the season. I know they're top of the top of the conference, so hopefully they'll come up and be a football league side next season. Yeah, and I think that's kind of just for beauty of the FA Cup, but, you know, even these small teams can just get their moments. They get their days out and it's, yeah, it's what makes it such a special competition. And yeah, it was, it was nice to see. It was just, you know, yesterday was just a feel good day. There's a lot of positivity to take away from it. You know, Lewis Hall for us, something up in Chesterfield, obviously got their, got their moment in the sun. Uh, Going to move on to listener questions. First question, good friend of ours, Dean Mears. How much can Tuchel really take from the positive Hall and the negative Barkley RLC performances against Chesterfield day because it's kind of you know well you know a lot I don't know how much you saw Twitter yesterday but a lot of Twitter was set you know after Lewis's Lewis Hall's performance was like right we don't need a backup he he can be our man and for me while I, it was nice to see the positivity I thought he just played 90 minutes against a, a non-league side he hasn't that's his first game in professional football for Chelsea he went you know he was struggling with cramp you know near the end as well it just seemed a bit premature for you but obviously, you know, we've said he was very positive. He's very good going forward. But how much do you guess do you take, you know, read into these this game against Chesterfield, you know, judging on performances? 
Yeah, so it's from Dean Mears, is it? Typically, yeah. freaking leave me alone. Well, he always has to get involved. If I ever do something different, don't involve him. He always has to just like little remind me that he's about and he's watching. Uh, yeah, it's hard because as as you know, as as Jack said, you know that is uh, not his, not Lewis Hall's natural position. So so what you're saying, we don't need to buy a, a left wing back or a right wing back because we, we you know we've got Lewis uh, Lewis there who actually played left in a free. Uh, listen, Tuchel, as I said, very smart, very intelligent manager. He he must have been impressed with that. You know, again, like you, like like Jack said, you know, you're playing against seasoned pros who who know the game in and out. You know, and and would have been sharp for this game. So we can't just just ignore the fact of how how well he played. You know, I have my feelings on on certain players. You know, I worry a bit about Dave and Alonso going forward if if Reese and uh, Obviously, Chill out for the season, Reese out for quite a while, you know. Obviously, we didn't we didn't fancy Trippier. Uh, it's probably an age thing, even though, obviously, I think you really need to discard over 30. Now, players are so fit, but Chelsea obviously have that strict rule and they probably only would have wanted offered a 31-year-old Trippier a one-year contract, which obviously he wouldn't have taken. Newcastle must have threw, threw so much amount of money at him. But yeah, you can't you can't not be impressed, impressed with, with, with him. And again, with Barkley and Ruben, you know, again, Ruben, you know, similar to Lewis Baker, you know, we have a feeling for him, you know, we all want him to do well. Obviously, he's had a lot more chances. He's had better loans. And I think he hasn't taken his opportunity this year, you know, by hook or by crook, by injuries, by COVID, whether it's luck or not, under Tuchel, players have been given chances uh, and it's up to them to take it. If you don't take it, then it's tough, you know. And with Ruben, oh, you're such a massive fan of him. And he, I think he'd just been average, unfortunately. He, he had a good run of games, again, whether it was by luck, by injuries or not. He had his chance to shine and he was just OK. Uh, Barkley, it's easy to say, you know... Uh, you know, not give these players a chance or not bring them on. But if no one's knocking on that door, and sometimes you hope, well, if I can just bring him on for half an hour and he shines a bit, someone might take notice. It's a, it's a hard one. But yeah, it's again, you know, you you could have just say Pulisic would have had a 10 out of 10 yesterday, a starring role, and everyone would have said it's Chesterfield. It was a little bit quiet and they said, oh, Pulisic's quiet again and he's not really that good. So you can't win either way. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, I reckon we should, we should, we should. We, yeah, we should praise more Lewis Hall's uh, performance rather than worry about Barkley and Ruben because, you know, I unfortunately, I don't think they've, they've got a future at Chelsea. I hope to be proven wrong with Ruben, but unfortunately, I don't think he has. Yeah, it's a shame with Ruben. I do think, you know, he did start the season. He actually, you know, there were signs he was looking quite good. And then, unfortunately, Brilliant. I just in the last month or two or whatever, it's just, you know, not look right. I think about one West Ham performance aside, I think aside, you know, since the event, he's looked pretty ordinary so it's been it's been a shame to see uh yeah next question ross o'connor is hall good enough as a backup or is dean you still need this is kind of what i was doing to on the last question jack but i think it, it does seem a bit presumptuous you know off one game to you know go right let's discard luca dinia because we said that's not even lewis hall's position mm-hmm. and i'm not sure how if alonso suddenly goes down with injury how happy we are seeing lewis hall playing out of position playing at left back or left wing back in the premier league against the likes of, of man city etc or you know just pretty much any premier league team when he's not used to it um, so, you know, despite how good Lewis Hall was and we praised him, you know, he's re- very good going forward, you know, best player on the pitch. He looked looked assured out there. Uh, you're still, still wanting that 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 backup, but I guess, you know, a sign that hopefully we can get see some more Lewis Hall in the FA Cup, depending on what kind of draw we get. 
Yeah, exactly. I think it was, yeah, he really stood out yesterday for me. Uh, one of the best players on the pitch. Um, I think it was probably, if he, could, if he can keep playing these games in the FA Cup, brilliant. But I think it is maybe one of those that Tuchel's playing him and putting him in that sh not shop window, but putting him in that window for teams to take him on loan next season potentially. The kid's seventeen years old, um, and you, whether you like it or not, yeah, some of them might be good enough. You at that kind of age, you've got to be careful with them uh, bringing them through. You've seen players start playing at eighteen in first teams and burn out by twenty two, twenty three years old. So you have to manage that carefully. I think personally. He's putting him in that window for next season for a team to take him on loan. Um, nothing wouldn't take it away from him yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. But I agree. I think we've still got to go and get a left wing back, left back, someone that is has played there and is experienced enough through whatever division. And I, I personally think Luca Digne is a is a good shout. Uh, played a lot of Premier League football. Good on good on the ball. Good at free kicks. Uh, got good technical ability, can whip a big cross in. So I think he's he's the man to go and get, um, which I'd like on on a like an option to buy at the end of the season potentially. But it doesn't look like Everton are are wanting that, and they want to sell him sell him outright. Yeah, Dan, you had your hand up. Yeah, I've uh, obviously you know Jack's gone about Lugardinho and. More close to home for me is Serginio Dest. I've seen a lot of talk about him on 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 Twitter again, freaking Twitter. Uh, and I think I'm in quite a good position, obviously, to talk about him. Uh, obviously, people, you know, chucked him under the bus straight away, saying he's not good enough. You know, under a good manager like Tuchel, uh, Tuchel could really improve him. Uh, you know, if we're looking at backup, he's naturally both footed. That is one of his pros. You know, pace, skill. He likes a goal. One of his against, one of his cons is obviously his height, his defending isn't great, positioning a bit, but you you would hope that for the fever supposedly Barcelona are asking, and I'm not saying it just because he's an American, uh, I think that would be a, a nice risk. As I said, both footed, you know, if he's a squad player on the bench, you know, when Chill back, James is back, you know, Chill was injured, well, you whack him on. So we've only got Dinia there, then we can only sort of play on the left, can't we? Dest can play left and right. And I think it's a good option for 20 million, but I can see why people are a little bit negative on him because his defending is a little bit, you know, Barcelona were, were, were playing him so far up the field at one point, so he won't go anywhere near defence, I think. But with work, he could be a really good player. But again, you get the height, you know, he's not the tallest. But I think if he's, if he's both footed players are so talented and I think he would be, I'd like to see a risk taken on him. Yeah, I think as well as well, we've seen Tuchel has, you know, pretty much improved basically most players here as well with a Chelsea. He's been able to get a tune out of them. Mm -hmm. So that you know, Dest is quite young still. So I get there would be no reason. I think the main takeaway is that we kind of do need, you know, a backup, a backup sort of sign there. And so as Jack, as you mentioned, you know, about Hall's well, I think it's just, you know, simple, just give him a taste of what it's like, taste of what first team football's like, really. We've seen against Brentford, you know, soon that Bell gets a debut, Simmons gets a debut, Vale gets debuts. Just these moments as well, like just showing the young kids in the academy as well. There's a pathway still. We've got all these, you know, brilliant players, but there is a pathway. You will get your opportunities. You've just got to work. And I think it's one of those, you know, just give them a taste, take them out for a bit. We probably won't see them again till maybe who knows next round of the FA Cup, depending on, on when it happens. But I think that's fine. You've just got to 
you know, give them a taste and show them what it's like. Um, you know, what training with the squad, being on the same pitch with these players, you know, the Chelsea players all trusted him yesterday. They were all very confident giving him the ball, letting him do his thing. So he had full trust in his teammates. And I think it's just one of those, you know, just be slow of him. I don't think we need to to jump to conclusions and say after one game, but you know, it was it was promising, but let's not let's not go overboard, just give him time to to develop and we'll just see, you know, what happens. But you know, the left wing back position is something we we want to get. And it's not like it's going to be blocking his pathway because we said he's not a left wing back. He just played there yesterday and did a very good job. <coughs> um next question comes in from Arnie. Uh could Chelsea have rested cover and soul today? I know we kind of touched on it. It's one of those, it's a tough one. I mean, I didn't really have an issue with Sal starting because I, you know, against obviously we have to see what happens against Spurs next week. But if Kante's back fit, I'd like to see him start against Spurs, although I could see him maybe being, you know, of bought off a bench with City in mind of the weekend. Cover, you know, I thought just 45 minutes at most, which he got. So I didn't really mind too much. But Jack, you know, just one of those, you know, we could have maybe we could have maybe seen Ruben start, could have maybe seen another academy boy in there but it was just one of those just get the job done we don't want to risk any and you know any any upset because we've seen yesterday there were upsets you know Kidderminster not reading out Cambridge not Newcastle out there were some shocks in the FA Cup and although it would have been a very very unlikely shot mm. Tuchel just didn't want to you know give him that hope give him that chance and you know thankfully that game was basically dead after five minutes yesterday yeah we didn't want a uh, Bradford repeat in 2015 or whatever so yeah um I think for me, Sal needed to play that game based on how well he played against Spurs for the confidence for him. I think it was a good decision to keep him uh, keep him in the starting team and just carry on that form and kind of build that confidence amongst the fan base because he's got a lot of stick, but it seems like he's slowly starting to turn the wheel, people starting to, to respect what he can do on the football pitch uh, and cover yeah, you can argue maybe we shouldn't have started him, but at the end of the day, he's played for only 45 minutes. We've taken him off at pretty much the earliest point you can and he'll be well-rested for, for Wednesday night. So I don't think you can really complain there at all. Yeah, we didn't suffer any injuries yesterday or none that we've known of as of you know the time of recording. So I think that's a good thing as well. You know, it worked yesterday. All the risks worked. Uh, next question comes in from Shyam. With Tuchel going with a back four against Spurs and executing it well, would you like to see more of it in the coming weeks or would you prefer the tried and tested back three? Obviously, Dane against Spurs, the back four was kind of played out of choice. You know, we, mm. we, we were yeah. running very low on the ground on the defenders. Um, we did execute it very well. You know, so much so I think that, you know, you say Conte's, you know, sacrificed his, you know, tried and trusted, you know, back three to, to try and match us up and go for at the back. Um, but, you know, were you is that something you would like to see more of in recent weeks? Because obviously, you know, one, you know, thing that's said a lot on Chelsea Twitter is, you know, our attack is, you know, people think moving from a three to a four will enable us to get more out of our attack. But then you can also argue, well, the back three has just been so successful. There's not really a need to do that. But would you maybe just like to see the back four, maybe, I guess, just in different, you know, cup competitions, I guess, maybe it, next rounds of the FA Cup, maybe just to see a bit more of it? Or, you know, are you not too fussed? Well, although his hands were tied, he pulled out this tactics against a very good Tottenham team with a very good, obviously, a manager, potentially world-class manager, and it worked, and it worked really well. I liked it. It, 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 it made us, it helped us get an extra attacker out there. Uh, I, you know, again, I can see why people are hit and miss on, on Ziyech, but having watched him at Ajax, he had so many different, I probably said this on the show before, so if I'm repeating myself, <laughs> previous show, but he had so many pieces around him, right back, left back, uh, 
fast wingers, strikers. That he, he always had someone to look for. But when he's uh, playing in that free up front with, for example, say Lukaku and Mount, and at the moment with, with no Chilwell and James, his range of passing is always going to be tested. You know, he'll look to his left, he'll look to the right, and he won't, he doesn't see a lot of pace, doesn't see a particularly a lot of great of movement. And that is, whether it's limited or not, that is that is ZX, uh, you know, his pluses. You know, he gets in those little pockets and likes to produce the balls, as you know, as Jack said, oh, that, or, or you said, Nick, that ball to, to Werner. I'm thinking he's the only one who can probably do that in our team for, for, for the Tottenham game. And I'd love to get him in there, in, in that team somehow with with all the different options around him, just so he can spread. You know, we saw his qualities under, obviously, Lampard and when we was playing a certain formation and it, it did really start to look good. But yeah, I like it. I, you know, I was I was sort of sort of arguing on the Chelsea fan class recently, but he didn't have a plan B too cool. And, and as we've seen, he has now got a plan B where his hands were tied, but it looked really impressive. Uh, it looked really impressive how, how, how we executed against Tottenham and we made Tottenham look very ordinary. Yeah, exactly. Because especially when looking at that lineup, you did there didn't scream, but didn't seem a huge amount of pace out on that pitch. You know, he said, as P and Alonso sort of your fullbacks, not not exactly the quickest. You have Ziyech in there as well. He's not not necessarily mm-hmm. the quickest. Drum's got a bit of pace, but you know, and then Kai's got a bit of pace. But it wasn't necessarily a really quick lineup. But in people, there was a bit of fear, especially looking at that Spurs side. That you know, with Son and more of said, we made him look very ordinary with that back four. And I thought that was you know very nice to to see. And it, I think it's as we've shown, you know. Maybe it's not something, you know, we'll see too much often, but I think, you know, it, it worked. It, it looked pretty good and said it's definitely something to to consider. And if we can, I guess, you know, that back four maybe even comes more into the reckoning when some we've got someone like Reese James, when we've got someone like Ben Chilwell, those pacey fullbacks as well, who can bomb forward, be even more effective than, you know, the fullbacks we had, you know, Alonso and, and Dave, who I thought, again, both against Spurs were, were pretty good yeah, even were. going forward. So it's, yeah, certainly one to... To consider uh next question downhill Tuchel has tried a number of interesting tactical tweaks in the last two games which one stood out to you the most and which did you like the most jacks so obviously you know this is i guess you know Chesterfield and spurs obviously spurs we back four we kind of talked about Chesterfield was interesting we saw sort of callum you know suppose but on the lineup graphic was was a right back but he kind of was just sort of playing everywhere really he wasn't you know playing a back four it was playing a different position but i guess which tactical tweak if the last sort of two games necessarily stood out to you um I'd probably say just against Spurs at points where I saw you'd say we were playing a back four, but then when we were going forward, you'd say it was probably a three-five-two or potentially four-two-two at points. I think I personally saw the like four-two-two. So so you'd have this. It was Saul and uh, Saul and Jorginho, and then sort of Ziyech and Mount in front, and then Rom and Kai up top that that's what kind of stood out to me something a little bit different kind of fluid fluid formation there um but yeah I think over over these past two games just seeing something slightly different from Tuchel that has has worked really well especially against Spurs and Antonio Conte when you see Antonio Conte make a change at half time and switch switch from his trusted three at the back to a four at the back. I think that says everything about how well the tactical changes work for Tuchel. And I think for the fans as well, you've seen that that tactical nous over this past week that Tuchel really is a is a world class manager. So we've yeah, 
when we've we've I think we'll keep seeing the three if we've got the fit players, etc. But it's nice to see that there are there are other plans if if we need to call upon them. Yeah, because certainly a point earlier on in the season, it did sort of feel like the three were back would be played sort of no matter what I said, you know, we go back to the Brentford League game and there's a lot of talk with, you know, I think Rudiger was out or whatever. And people were thinking, right, this is where we go back to the back four. You know, people didn't really want to see Malang Sarnbeau as talk, okay, we'll play four at the back. But no, he's, he went with a trusted back three that day. But I think it's now shown that, yeah, maybe there will be points where he can go over back four, which is which is what we want to see because, you know, t- we have seen, I'm not saying it will happen again, but we have seen past teams figure out a three at back. Conte's three at back got figured out eventually. You know, we struggled with it and Conte didn't necessarily have a huge, much of a plan B. His plan B sort of went from a 3-4-3 to sort of a 3-5-2 and that was sort of a bit hit and miss. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, final question comes in from RJ. How much of a positive momentum generated against Spurs and Chesterfield is considered sustainable v transactional, i.e. lower league opponents and non-full-strength Tottenham in the cup competition? See, this one interests me because, firstly, I don't actually think Spurs were, were not full-strength. I thought that was pretty much close to full-strength Tottenham, as you get. They had Lloris in goal, Davinton Sanchez. Hoiberg starts from Skip is a player that's trusted a lot. Son, Kane and Moore is a strong front three. Uh, Emerson Royale starts with them a lot. I guess Doherty at left wing back was interesting. I think Regulon was only fit for bench and Doherty just struggled at left wing back. I think the fact that he's a right footer and he just kept trying to cut in on his right probably didn't help suit him at left wing back. And he was thoroughly ordinary. I actually think, it, you know, not I don't want to say get away with it, but I think it'd been interesting to see how Tuchel's tweak worked if we'd have had someone, if they'd have had someone like Regulon playing, would Ziyech have maybe found it a that bit harder dealing with him because Doherty just made Ziyech life quite easy but yeah I, I don't think Spurs were necessarily you know under strength I think Spurs were probably had more full strength than we were uh, it's just our depth is isn't you know too bad and the fact that you know Tuchel's got them trusted but Dane how much of this positive momentum you know generated it is sustainable versus you know transactional no I think it, it, it is you know as I said if we've all played sports or, or anything you know you know, you have a good performance, no matter who it's against you, you score a goal, you know, or, or an assist or something, you take that momentum on. And, you know, we can only, obviously, the old cliche, uh, play and beat against who, who who the fixture's against. And I thought we, we we were very good against Tottenham. Yeah, there was missing some players, you know, you forgot to mention the Cartles, Dyer, I don't know if he was suspended oh, or of course, yeah. COVID, but he's seen as an important player for them. God knows why. Yeah. Uh, but again, Regulin, I would have liked to have seen Ziyech against Regulin. I don't think Regulin's a very much good, good defender. He's, good, he's a good attacker, like most fullbacks uh, nowadays. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I think we we, we was more weakened than them. And uh, that should have given us massive confidence. And again, you know, Chesterfield, is a, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a game you can't win, you know. You struggle against them. Oh my God, they're a non-league team. You, you batter them on one. Well, it's a non-league team, but it, it's got to be given momentum. As I said, you know, he got a goal for Werner, got a goal for Lukaku. Nice little forty-five minutes for Kovacic. You know, not everyone's going to play well, but again, they're getting, they're keeping the kettle boiling. As I already said, you know, momentum going. So you've got to hope it is. You know, it, uh, and we will see. We will, you know, we can answer this question in, in more depth and more detail after the Tottenham game. <laughs> if we lose or we go out and we say. Well, Okay, that was a complete waste of time. Those two games, it didn't give us no confidence, but you can only hope it does. You can only hope it does. And, and as I said, Tuchel, you know, had some decisions to make regarding the selection. And I think he got it right. And I think he, again, he was just trying to keep things ticking over. And luckily he got goals from, from players that we need to get the goals from. We haven't seen enough of goals from Lukaku. Well, and I know both of them have had injuries and Havertz as well. We need more goals from him. Uh, 
So we got the goal with him against Tottenham. He looked okay when he came on the second half. Got the goal from Werner Lukaku. Good. Momentum. Great. Goals move on. Yeah. Jack, anything to add? No, I think that sums up perfectly. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, it was a good week for Chelsea. It was a good week. It was a comfortable week. And as I said, if we get, you know, presuming we get the job done against Spurs on Wednesday, you know, then that's, a, that's us in a Carabao Cup final. We're still in a healthy place as a club. And then we go in, you know, into the Man City game in a strong position. We are still second in Premier League, you know, despite our patchy home form. I think we've drawn five of our last six at home in the league. You know, haven't kept a clean sheet at home in the league for a while as well. Um, you know, but I think this week has been good. As, as I said, you know, I sort of jokingly said earlier in the week, you know, a Chelsea side out of form, you know, can see, you know, struggling a bit, haven't kept a clean sheet for a while. Who do you want to play? You want to play Spurs. You know, Spurs is <laughs> kind of a team that you don't, you just want really because Spurs, there you go. There's that clean sheet for you. There's that comfortable win. That's, you know, that's their first win since Leeds in uh, in December. So, yeah, it's just just nice, really. It was, yeah, we, we, you can't, we can't obviously go too overboard with these two games to say the Spurs game. That first leg, if we, you know, don't get the job done, the second leg is, is redundant, basically. So, but yeah, Chesterfield, we got the job done. You know, South Cup expected to, you know, we move on. Not, not going to go overboard. No need to go overboard. But it seems, you know, last three games about Liverpool performance, Spurs in the cup, Chesterfield just seems, you know, to be a little bit of a, a slightly happier place than it was, you know, during, during December where we, there, we were drawing games, et cetera. You know, we weren't necessarily playing our best football. And, you know, all of a sudden in January, seemed so far, seemed to maybe have slightly got out of that, that December slump, but we will have to wait and see what happens. But that is all the listener questions we had today. Uh, before we go, I want to thank Dane for coming on. So, Dane, before we go, why don't you give yourself, you know, one last part where people can find you for fancast, when to Kings Meadow, et cetera. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. First 20 minutes was a bit of a struggle. I think the five hours kit come back to bite me on the arse. And I, get, I was trying to pull words out of my brain and they weren't coming. But once I uh, once had this strong coffee, I got better in the second half. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, obviously I'm a, I'm a, a DWIT9. Uh, and obviously, I, you know, I, I run the Chelsea Fancast Instagram account. And I also obviously regularly do the Winter Mokings Meadow with a highly talented Dean and uh, obviously a highly talented Jane as well, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. You know, if you want to, you're wondering about women's football and you like to get involved, you know, there's lots of podcasts out there, but come and listen to our one first because hopefully, hopefully we'll give you something to come back for. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, really quite big supporters, Nick, of you, Nick and Jack, and maybe should be more, but I'm such a busy bugger that oh, sometimes you, you send me that post, you know, uh, try to promote the show and I'll. Freaking hell, I'll do it in a minute, I'll do it in a minute. I never get around to it. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, I do get on my way to listen to your shows uh, actually before anyone else's. So, you know, well done. And yeah, you, you, some of the guests you have are really good, really intelligent. And it's, yeah, great. Always great to listen to. Oh, Dane, thank you for coming. And yeah, it's always a pleasure having you on. Said we, you know, had Dane on, Dean on, you know, when we can, you know, had Chidge on last year. I need to get around to getting Chidge on again this year. But, you know, the, the relationship we built with Fancast has been quite nice to see. And yeah, said, you know, if you like, if you've like listened to Dane today, if you've like listened to Dean on the pod in the past, you know, then they do their own podcast on the Chelsea Women's Team. And if you like enjoy listening to them, then I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to that. And if you want to know, listen, listen and learn about the women's team, then check them out. It's really, really, really good stuff. And yeah, obviously I know the women's team, you know, no, no games at the moment, I think due to, to COVID outbreaks or whatever, unfortunately, but make sure you do check them out. Um, it's some really, really good content out there. Uh, as for us, we're on Twitter at Chelsea Pod, on Instagram at Chelsea Pod or on all your usual podcast platform providers. If you enjoy, leave us a rating review on Spotify. You can now give us a rating. So if you want to give us five stars, that's help. That's awesome. That goes a long way. Uh, yeah. 
when I tweet for that, like, retweet, wherever, share it about, play it to whoever will listen, play it to your nan, play it to play it out your car, play it on your Bluetooth speakers, whoever, just get, get, get people listening to us. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.